late, did you get the memo? Yeah, I, I sure did. I've got it right here, and uh, it won't be a problem again. I read the memo. I'm going to make sure you get another copy of that memo, the paper clinic memo. Brought to you by your hosts, Blake Stewart and Desiree Stewart. Coming at you from the Space Coast Podcast Studios, located in the Paper Clinic. The Paper Clinic Memo. And we're back. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, October 8th, 2018, and we are live in Space Coast Podcast Studios. And we have Alan Bernstein with HR Office Savers in the house today. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Great. So... I want to invite you guys all just to recap. We have our twerk on Tuesday happening tomorrow with yours truly, um, Alan Bernstein, presenting um, how to appeal and how to hire and keep and train all of your valued employees. That way you don't waste a lot of time and money retraining because we all know how big of a headache that is and nobody likes a no-call, no-show when interviewing, right? That's right. You want to throw some stats at us? How much does it cost to fire, hire, and retrain? Yep. It's about 1.5% 1.5 times uh, the cost of hiring someone, so their salary. So if you're paying someone $30,000 a year, it's going to cost you to replace that person when you think about lost income or sales and um, market share potentially or, or folks that you know, may go somewhere else. You're talking about 1.5 times. It can be expensive. And I think small businesses can really attest to that, too, because as a small business owner, when you hire somebody, it's not like you just you find that perfect match and they just check in for the day and everything goes smoothly. You're losing about a week or two kind of showing them the ropes mm-hmm. and how to do everything that you do. So if you get it wrong the first couple of times, like that's weeks, months, you know. Oh, it's crazy. Well, it can take six to eight weeks to hire someone to begin with. And then you have to worry about training, and then you have to worry about ramp up. I mean, there's an 80% learning curve in their first year of employment. So if somebody leaves in, let's say, six months, they've already gotten halfway to where they're going to be, and all the time that you have to now do to rehire someone, that's where that 1.5 times comes in. I mean, it's not a straight $45,000 you're spending, but think about all the lost whatever, mm-hmm. right? Income, time, you're doing two jobs now instead of one, and six months, three months later, you're already doing other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So if you don't want that to be your problem, make sure you are here tomorrow. Alan's segment starts at 11 Mm a.m. tomorrow, and we have a networking event at 9 a.m. So come network and get to know us, and then stick around to learn how to save your pocket with Alan. That's right. So last time, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about marijuana in the workplace, Mm -hmm. and especially... I know the Melbourne Chamber um, Small Business Council, we had a talk about marijuana and getting a card and all that. And one of the questions that did come up was, so what happens if you have an employee with a medical marijuana card? Like, where do you draw the line? Mm -hmm. You know, are they allowed to, you know, ingest (laughs) while on the clock? And so, like, what are you seeing when consulting with Mm -hmm. some of your clients about that? Mm -hmm. Well, start with... The Florida employment law is very employer-friendly, and it's very clear that if you're an employer and you say you're not allowed to be high on the job, you can't be high on the job, medical marijuana or not. But I'll also say that some companies don't have such a policy. They're a little bit more flexible, or at least they don't worry about it until it's too late, which is one of the things I talked about at last segment, and I did it when we were here for our first Twerking Tuesday. I think every company should have an employee handbook that talks about uh, illegal drug or any drug use on the job, harassment, things that we tend to not, we tend to think that, well, I hired somebody I know, they won't do that. Well, how well do you really know someone? And all it takes is one. Nobody thought Roseanne would do a stupid tweet or whatever it was, right? (laughs) Well, maybe a lot of people thought Roseanne might do that, but (laughs) you don't expect that to happen, right? And, And the more you can protect yourself against the unforeseen, and Blake, you're a lawyer, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's that kind of thing that really, that's where you come in. Foreseeability that's right. is like one of the uh, banes of my existence because what's foreseeable? You know, you hire an employee, you assume they know not to come high to work, mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's funny because we were discussing this a little bit before the show started. We probably should have saved it, but let's see if we can <laughs> kind of rekindle that. But I liken it to, like, first of all, I, I think that medical marijuana is still kind of a gray area in general. Agree. Like, from mm-hmm. top to bottom, from the legislature all the way to mm-hmm. the person applying for a job on the street. Mm-hmm. Well, if you add to that, the federal government says that marijuana is illegal, period, but states allow for medical and even recreational use, and there's a line that becomes very interesting with laws. Yeah. Is the FBI going to bust your business because you've got two guys in the warehouse smoking a joint? Probably not. Probably not. If the guys in the warehouse accidentally drop some of their weed into a package that you're shipping across (laughs) state lines... Um, you know, and you're not in the business of shipping marijuana across state lines. Can that affect your business? Absolutely. And then the FBI might become aware and be interested. Exactly. That's right. Um, so it's funny because like having the, so having a drug policy in your manual, like employment law is kind of like the wild west, especially in Florida. It's right Right. to work, right? Mm -hmm. So you can fire somebody for cause. You can fire somebody for no cause. You can fire somebody, but you can't fire somebody for a bad reason. But that doesn't stop anybody from bringing suit when they're fired. Mm -hmm. So having an employee handbook with a well-structured, well-thought-out drug policy is always to the employer's benefit. Because in the event that there is litigation, Mm -hmm. you know, the employer gets to point. Let's just pretend this is a policy book. Get to point to the, oh, no, he signed Mm -hmm. this. He's aware of the policies. He violated the policies. We got rid of them. Less mess, no fuss. You know, I think of it like a receipt. Somebody's going to ask you, you spent this money, where's your receipt? Or something happened, and that's your receipt. And if you don't have a receipt, you can probably go find some witnesses that saw you eating at the restaurant or buying that thing at the gas station. You could probably retrace your – I mean, look at all the work that is. Just have your book. Have the book. Have the receipt. Have something that says, this is my policy, to your point. You're holding it up, and you're saying, this is my policy – I say there's no being high in the workplace. I don't want any drugs, period. And if you have drugs, it's an opportunity for me to dismiss you straight away and or performance manage you. And if you show up high, medical marijuana card or not, that's your defense on saying you can't work here anymore. Sure. Um, the the flip side of that was your comment, which, which I, I kind of digested a little mm-hmm. bit more, but the disability claim. That's, mm-hmm. I think, where the real gray area is going to start. Yeah. Because, like, if I, if I, you know, damage my shoulder and I have sh- shoulder surgery and then, you know, I got to take painkillers because obviously shoulder surgery right. is very painful for a while. Um, if I take painkillers for shoulder surgery, can I go into work? You know, what's, what's the policy? Like, obviously, employers know that accidents happen. People get prescribed these things. But in my, ex- in my corporate experience, I can tell you that the very conservative company that I worked for had a policy where if you were under the influence of a drug that said do not operate heavy machinery, right. they did not want you on the premises. So that was their particular policy. Mm-hmm. And that goes to culture. How do, we want to, how do we want our business to operate? Do we trust our people to come into, which is, goes back to why you have a handbook and you know, how much can you really trust? But yes, you want to be careful about what you allow in your work on your floor. Mm-hmm. What people can drop, they can make, they can hurt other people. And as we know, employers are responsible for the safety of their employees and people that are on their premises. And that's why we have insurance. And if your employee acts in a bad way, you're responsible for that. Right. And that's something we have to be careful about. We saw a lot of this. So before I managed my attorney here. Um, (laughs) I I manage medical offices. And one of the big arguments that I had with a lot of employees was vaping. Vaping Mm -hmm. is a big thing in the workforce. (laughs) And, you know, they would go out back on their breaks and maybe not on their breaks. And that was a big thing too. But then some patients were complaining like, oh, it looks like an opium den in here Mm -hmm. because the smoke would inevitably come inside. So while like tobacco wasn't outlawed, now it looked bad. And if the if a patient came in and complained, mm-hmm. like, hey, like, I'm getting secondhand smoke here, or, oh, I have asthma, it was a liability for the company to have those employees doing mm-hmm. that on site. And, you know, one thing that kind of was different with probably medical marijuana and vaping is, like, you know, smoking, like, select few individuals do that nowadays. Vaping and medical marijuana may be more mainstream and mm-hmm. considered, like, a social interaction, just like, you know, people drink. So it kind of 
brought in more. It wasn't just like mm-hmm. the 5% of employees were cigarette smokers. It was now 50% are going mm-hmm. back to take their break and maybe they use mm-hmm. the vape pens. So. Right. I was really surprised by how many companies jumped on that vaping really, really quickly, though. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about how long it took them to get tobacco out of the world. Right. Like, I was still alive when you could smoke in restaurants and airplanes. Yeah, me too. And See? <laughs> Young guy here. Um, and... Um, but vaping, I mean, it's really, it's literally just water vapor. That's why they call it vaping because right. it's nicotine infused. So when you see the cloud come out, that's just, it's just water vapor. That's right. Well, I, I'm counseling my companies, every company I'm working with, to add the word vape mm-hmm. or vaping, however the, the handbook is worded. We want to be all inclusive. Right. And what happens with the handbook, so we talked about you have to have a handbook. Where it can work against you is if you're not all-inclusive or you don't cover certain things like, let's say, medical marijuana or vaping or a certain type of harassment or something in your handbook. People find loopholes all the time. And there are ways that you can be much you can be specific in your handbook and also all-encompassing to cover those types of contingencies. And, of course, update when the laws change. I thought it was funny being all-inclusive. So my high school, their conduct book, it said no one-legged pants for men. Uh-huh. <laughs> so to keep people from keep Thanks boys a lot, LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well, it was uh, the skirts thing. They didn't want people cross-dressing, but that's how they, they named it. It's like, oh, you can't wear a skirt. Oh, you can't have a one-legged pant if you're a man. Hmm. Granted, I grew up, you know, I graduated high school 2009, so... You know, things weren't as mainstream, but it was funny how you said, like, all inclusive. Well, now you'd get sued for discrimination, for gender discrimination, and how do you distinguish between, yeah, there's a lot of conversation, whether it's marijuana or gender or harassment, bullying, discrimination, all these processes create incredible discussions and very deep. And, Blake, to your point earlier, there is no specific line on what is acceptable and what isn't. Companies get to create that for themselves, especially in today's law. Mm-hmm. There is a case up in the Northeast, I want to say it's Massachusetts, that's Shut going about, it. yeah, well, that, that, that's talking about um, uh, ADA and marijuana use. And can a company say that if I have a policy that says you can't smoke, you can't be high in the workplace, and I send you home, but you have a medical marijuana card today, that doesn't matter. I can still send you home and I'm fine. But there are cases now that are going up to Supreme Courts, state Supreme Courts, about ADA and other types of, of protected class. Oh, my goodness. Can we stretch it one more minute? Okay. We're going to stretch it one more minute okay. because the, the last thing I want to talk to you about, you triggered me. Um, how do you determine that? Like, I'm an employer. I think you're high in the workplace. I drug test you. You test positive. Now, marijuana stays in your system. They say it stays in your system 30 days. Right. Um, I've had clients that have beat drug tests in much less time than that. But, you know, typically marijuana isn't something that, like, you just mm-hmm. smoke it and then it's gone from your system. So what then? How does, you know what I mean? Like, how do you police that? So you're saying I noticed that you're high in my workplace and I, I, I suspect, think you are. right? I suspect you're high. Now I've mm-hmm. drug tested mm-hmm. you and you test positive for marijuana. Mm-hmm. If, if we had a, an employee handbook that was well written, it would say I'm allowed to drug test you randomly or if I suspect. Um, now, obviously, if I'm, whether I'm right or wrong, you can turn that back around and say that there was no reason to suspect. Then it mm-hmm. becomes a he said, she said. And you have to protect your employees. One of, the, one of the biggest foundations of any employer is to protect their employees. And one of the ways you protect your employees is to protect employees from other employees that are using drugs that could be potentially harmful to those others in the workplace or around the workplace. So I have an obligation to my other employees to drug test an employee that I think might be a hazard. That's how I would defend it. Very cool. When in doubt, write it down. And (laughs) don't rely on your expertise because you obviously haven't seen everything that Alan has and being an HR director. So keep him in mind with HR Office Savers and catch him tomorrow at work on Tuesday. We always love having you on the show, man. I love being here. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Alan. We'll be back after the break. Jesse, have you ever wondered 
What is the best way to interview applicants for your open position so you have the best chance of hiring a keeper? All the time. Well, I talk to managers every day, Jesse, that use their gut instinct to make a hire. Sometimes that works out, but more times than not, it can lead to a bad hire. Replacing a poor hire can be expensive and hurt morale. One of our most popular service offerings at HR Office Savers is teaching employers how to be better interviewers. Improved interviewing techniques lead to better hiring, which leads to better employee retention, which leads to less turnover and more profit. Contact me today to find out how you can learn to be a better interviewer. I can be reached online at www.hrofficesavers.com or by phone 928-308-4506. Again, that's 928-308-4506. You're listening to the Space Coast Podcast Network. If you'd like to be featured as a guest or sponsor or even host your own show, please email us at spacecoastpodcast at hotmail.com. That is spacecoastpodcast.hotmail.com. Space Coast Podcast. Talk hard. Well, there's the X. I guess I'll sign right here. Stop! Did you even read it? No, I usually don't. How many pages is that? Like, like 20. You could be giving away your firstborn son in that contract. That's a pretty good point. I don't want to do that. Or that's a lease, right? You could be giving your landlord rights to have their uncle, Fat Uncle Joe come and use your coffee maker whenever they want. Uncle Joe's fine, but not Fat Uncle Joe. Yeah, not that one. Well, this is a lot of legal information. I don't really know it. Who, would, who could I go for this? Well, that's exactly why we have Blake Stewart at Stewart Law. He specializes in business contracts and construction law, and he has negotiated low prices for contract reviews just for cases like this. Check him out on Facebook, Stewart Law CS. Or on the web at stewartlawcs.com. Or give me a call at 321-541-6845. With the paper clinic memo. Blake is out, but he'll be right back. And I have a special guest who I've known for, has it been about a year now? Yeah, about that. About a year. Dietra Nerrigan. And you are with Jay Hilburn. Yes, that's correct. So you somehow find a way to make Blake look good. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's an easy model. He's easy. He, he's super handsome, but he's he very is. laid back and sometimes... Make sure you make it clear that she had nothing to do with this outfit. Yeah. This was all me. But if you this is this is casual Monday. This is casual, casual Monday. Monday. It is. I'm in a t-shirt. I'm in a brewery too. t-shirt. Like, let's be honest. I'm in a t-shirt today too. It's all good. <laughs> Got to be comfy on Monday. But uh, but but yeah. So if anybody sees Blake wearing his fancy suits in the courthouse and stuff, typically um, it's Detroit. It's who's a Hilburn. So. <laughs> To clarify, I do custom men's clothing. Custom so. men's. The finest Italian fabrics. That's correct. So explain how you got into this. Um, so I have a son who graduated from college who, by the way, is also a bodybuilder and weightlifter. So he had these massive thighs, large shoulders, little tiny waist, and he's not very tall. So it was just a challenge finding clothes for him, professional clothes for him, because you have to fit the largest part of your body, which would be probably his thighs. And then, you you know, the pants would be just huge in the waist and, you know, look like he's very <laughs> wide at the bottom. Yeah, they look like clown pants even when you took them in. So, um, yeah, that basically was in an effort to try to find clothes to fit my son that look nice and I think that was our issue too because so I didn't qualify for any of the men's warehouse specials or or what's the other one it's men 
Joss Bank. Joss yeah. Bank, yeah, because yeah. they're like, oh, get get a suit, buy another one free. And then you go in there, you know, and, you know, when you're bigger at the top than you are in the middle and you got yeah. big legs and stuff, they mutter something under their breath. They mutter the word separates under their breath. You, you don't <laughs> think anything of it. And then all of a sudden you get the bill and it's like, didn't you say? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you can't buy a regular suit because, you know, we have to mix and match so that doesn't count. And then you have to pay for the alterations. So yeah. you may as well just get something that's literally made for you that you got to pick out all the custom details and it is fits you like it's made for you. Which is I've been getting is. custom suits ever since because really I think we're saving money because the quality is better. Yes. The suits are lasting me longer. And you look better. And you look good. You perform better. And I think. That's true. You feel more confident. In yeah. my opinion that's the best uh, the best review you can get. If my wife says I look good. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm always picking like what is going on here? <laughs> Yeah, he got the beard uh, lecture this morning. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> I would say probably half my clients uh, come from their spouses. They hear about me and they want to hook their spouse up and get them looking good. Yeah. You took on another challenge this uh, today. And while you're here, she's fitting me for a custom button up for myself because I am a you're a suit separate bodybuilder. Yeah, I'm a body. I'm not a suit True. separate unless you can count the pencil skirt. But I've got pretty decent biceps for a girl. Mm-hmm. It's not like any 21 inch like for a man, but you know. And then the it's, broad shoulders. It's not that. It's the lats. Oh, and that's a lot, which we measured too. So you know, hopefully I'll I won't hulk out of my button ups like I do anymore. <laughs> it won't be a two person process to. Yeah. To get you out of your work clothes. Uh, people who saw me take my dress off at the pool at the Hilton yesterday. I'm so <laughs> sorry. It was a struggle because I couldn't get it over my lats. So he right. was like. But you want it to fit your waist. You don't want it to be huge on your waist. Mm-hmm. But then when you try to pull it off, yeah. Oh, it looks so cute on, but it's just like getting it on and off because it's like constantly, you yeah. know. And, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm flat chested. <laughs> Nobody would ever say that about me. So there's, you know, extra yeah. things to work around. But uh, so I'm really excited to see how that goes. So if you guys see it, which you guys will, it's Deetra who's making me look good. So. Have you talked to those Pi Squared guys yet? Have you seen those Pi Squared guys that are walking around here like this? I've not. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you. Do that, please. Or their security awesome. detail. Yeah. they all need. Yeah, they all have good a security. Suits. They're, and they're all bodybuilders. Like we, they held one of their. Um, like security, brouhaha, we've got new policies and procedures right. meetings here. And it was just like a collection of the oddest shapes, you know, because... No necks. You know, like, there's this, and then there's <laughs> this, and ugh. Mm-hmm. A lot those of this. Are, <clears throat> those <clears throat> are my ideal clients right there. Honestly, most guys are not off the rack. Truly, they're not. Mm-hmm. Most guys, you know, you have a neck measurement and a sleeve length measurement where every guy that has a six-and-a-half-inch neck and you know a 35 inch sleeve does not have the same chest or shoulder width Mm -hmm. or waist or you know so so most guys truly are not off the rack sorry about that oh you're good so blake kind of tell us how your life was before you met Dietra with uh your wardrobe in the workplace what was my life like before are you getting something specific well like the time i hulked out of my shirt at work yeah. Remember that? I ripped his shirt right up the back. I ripped Not every man oh, can claim that. That's one of Oh, no, I was moving furniture. I was moving my office one day, and I was actually with another attorney, and I was wearing my dress pants. You know, I'd, like, taken the jacket off. I rolled my sleeves up. Pants split from the middle seam all the way to the belt loop. And it just so happened that particular a day. that day. Were you commando? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, had a, I had an extra pair of pants. Thank goodness for that. I had an extra pair of pants, but it still <laughs> didn't protect me from the rip. Oh. <laughs> That's a good story. But I feel like a lot of men need guidance when it comes to dressing professionally, especially, you know, Young millennials looking at you, Generation Zers who are about to graduate high school. Like, you know, where who did I hear the stat? But that men's clothing was it you who told me the last presentation you did that? Yeah, men- the growth in men's clothing sales is predicted to surpass the growth in women's. Clothing I have more sales. shoes than my wife. 
this year, next year, 2019, projected to surpass that. So, But men are seeing that women judge them on how they look. You know, it's not just a one-way streak now where we have to wear, like, the tight dresses and the high heels. Like, the guys better look on point, too, have that yes. crisp collar and the nice tie and matching shirt. Yeah, I think someone had a song about women liking a sharp dress man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy yeah. Top. yeah. 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 It's true. Decades ago. You know, if they write a song about it, it's got to be true. Well, but let's see. It took 40 years for men to get around to actually acknowledging that. So kind of like my shower curtain and uh, (laughs) privacy curtain at the house. I'll just have to wait 40 more years for him to actually do it. It'll be great. (laughs) The dog ripped down the blinds. Oh, really? Like, and when he ripped them down. It was like a drywall repair issue. Like, I'm going to have to patch the drywall to make a hole to put a new one up. Uh, when do I have yeah. time to do that? 2058. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. You should have some extra time since you never have to go shopping ever again. All you got to do is call me. That is true. That's and true. You, I haven't been shopping since you, actually. No need to. That is true. And you're super patient because he always gets interrupted, phone calls and stuff like that. And you're just... I don't know how you deal with us. I've been like, people, get it together. You guys are not bad. You guys are not bad at all. You build that into the time. You never know how long it's going to take. But especially, I have a brother who's about to graduate high school, and uh, he, he doesn't listen to us anyways, so one of his graduation presents will probably be a custom suit, which you will definitely appreciate. And I think that would be a great present for um, kids who are going on their interviews for grad school and, you know, all that fun stuff. Because Blake was not as privileged. Like, you had a lot of suits. Were they all fitting? Oh, my suit collection all came from the men's warehouse. And every one of my suits was from 2007 yeah. when I met my wife in 2015. And then just general guidance, he would he would complain. He's like, oh, they don't like me wearing flannel in the workplace. But this isn't flannel. I could get away with it. And it was like, it wasn't flannel, but it looked like It was like plaid. Flannel. I wore, okay, so okay. let's talk about that. Let's talk about how your dress can affect your workplace. In my opinion, it shouldn't. But in the court of public public opinion, it does. It matters how you look. That's why Jesse's always dressed so sharply. Sorry, Banna. Banna's always dressed so sharply. <laughs> it's true. Like it or not, fair or not. It He's just, a sharp dresser. It just is. In fact, I have a quote from Forbes magazine that says, like it or not, you're being judged by how you look, how you dress, and if you're lucky, how you do your job. Right. No, it's true. In my opinion, um, job performance was last. Nobody ever complained about my my work ethic. Yeah. You know, my contracts were fine. It was yeah. just, um, you know, no more flannel in the workplace, have a beard, don't have a beard. We don't, that shirt looks like, yes, it's buttoned down, but it looks like it should be worn in a club. Right. You know, and I really had no idea. I was just kind of wandering around life as a 27-year-old at a big right. company. And, right. You know, up, up yeah. to that time, I think my all my work experience had been as either a mechanic or a construction worker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we can debate the merits of, you know, the casual Friday wardrobe in the workplace as much as you want to. But the fact of the matter is the guy in the room with the well-fitted sport coat is going to own the room. You know, if you look successful, people believe you're successful. You know, if you look like you haven't, you know, earned a decent living to buy some nice clothes, they're not going to believe that you're successful and you actually know what you're doing. Dress for the job you want. Dress for the job you want. Not the job you have. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And honestly, the most important thing about anything that you wear is the fit that's more important than the quality of the fabric it's more important than all the little details because if it needs to fit you know you could have a you know five thousand dollar armani suit but if it does not fit you it's not going to look right um, um. yeah all right i think that's jesse signaling us okay. uh it's time for the break stick we'll around right for fashion mistakes to avoid after the break solution so you never have to worry down the road. You can have the permanent difference, the Hippo Roof Difference. 
Jesse, have you ever wondered what is the best way to interview applicants for your open position so you have the best chance of hiring your keeper? All the time. Well, I talk to managers every day, Jesse, that use their gut instinct to make a hire. Sometimes that works out, but more times than not, it can lead to a bad hire. Replacing a poor hire can be expensive and hurt morale. One of our most popular service offerings at HR Office Savers is teaching employers how to be better interviewers. Improved interviewing techniques lead to better hiring, which leads to better employee retention, which leads to less turnover and more profit. Contact me today to find out how you can learn to be a better interviewer. I can be reached online at www.hrofficesavers.com or by phone 928-308-4506. Again, that's 928-308-4506. Attention buyers, sellers, and investors of real estate on the Space Coast. Hey there, my name is Jesse Hall, and not only am I a full-time real estate agent with Remax Elite here on the Space Coast, but I also host a fun podcast called the Space Coast Real Estate Show. Now, the Space Coast Real Estate Show is where you're going to be able to hear all the important things that affect your property, whether it's agricultural, industrial, commercial, and especially residential. We're going to talk about all those items that are important to you so that you can make the best decisions regarding your property. We're also going to bring you resources or industry experts. So whether you're looking for a pool, maybe a fence, maybe a roof, we're going to have those people talking to you directly on our show so you get the best insight possible. So you're more informed and knowledgeable. Plus, we also have fun. You're going to learn about events here on the Space Coast. We're going to be showing you what's coming maybe down the pipeline that maybe you don't know about. So tune in, find us on Facebook, and especially subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, this next segment, we are going to go through some fashion mistakes to avoid for you gentlemen out there. Listen closely. We're going to give some remarks. Don't take it personally. We still love you all men. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> so, Deetra, lead the way. What is mistake to avoid numero uno? Well, we had alluded to it already. It's fit. Fits. Um yeah, you know the biggest mistake probably is wearing jackets, suits that are too big because you always get it to fit the largest part of your body and then it's too big or too small other places, usually too big. Um you know those the shoulder and your shirts and your jacket, the shoulder of that fabric should join together right where your arm joins your shoulder right here that's where your your seam should be if your seams hanging way down here it looks like you have rounded sloped shoulders it looks like your droopy shoulders so that's an important thing you know pants being too long um, we've all seen that pin you know guys walking around walking on their pants running the bottom of their pants or where they're bunched up around their ankles um, and sleeves too long on the jackets you should show just maybe a quarter to a half an inch of your cuff of your shirt under out the outside of your your jacket yeah there you go doug funny in a big suit <laughs> <laughs> my pet peeve it's always diaper booty yes like, i hate that when i see like a handsome looking man like in a courthouse or whatnot yeah. and then like he turns around and it's just like yeah. it looks like he's wearing a diaper it's like right Right. Yeah, pull it up, guys. Come right. on. Whose diaper that, booties are you looking at? Well, court? it's hard to mistake it. Yeah. I mean, That's they're, they're usually you listening heard it here first. high distance. I'm checking out your booties. <laughs> if you're an attorney in court, women are looking at your booty. Yes, they are. Not just in court, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's um, because every pair of pants off the rack has a six-inch drop from your waist to the the crotch why is that why regardless is that of how tall or how short you are because that's just gonna that's the average that's gonna fit the majority of people I, you know it costs too much money to have different drops mm. so that's what custom does is you know we, we figure out what your your 
drop should be based on your waist and your hip measurements and we can do shorter or longer or wherever I'm Cuban. Gonna, that's I'm like a right in the middle six inch drop everybody's I'm yeah, we did a shorter drop on you the first pair of pants that we had made for you, mm-hmm. they were a little saggy in the bottom because your drop was shorter than the average, and you like to wear your pants a little bit lower. He so, thinks he's Bon Jovi. So we redid those pants with a much shorter <laughs> drop, and then then Desiree could check your butt out better. It wasn't lost in that no. diaper pants. I married you for that Cuban butt. <laughs> Dead or alive? <laughs> Dead or alive. <laughs> Preferably alive. <Yeah>. Please. <laughs> but, no, so... I mean, that's very important. And even for women, you know, it's very important that it fits. You know, if things are too tight in the workplace, you run the risk of looking a little bit too risque. Yes. And then too loose, you know, maybe you look too comfortable, you know. And let me get started on yoga pants and, (laughs) you know, the workplace or the ones that are sheer when you bend over. Yes. But, you know, so definitely make sure that clothes fit. Right. And are appropriate for the situation that you are in you can't stop people from checking out the booty just no comments please true <laughs> <laughs> look but don't touch yes. or comments <laughs> or comment yes yeah no no harvey weinstein's here <laughs> that would be reverse harvey weinstein's oh yeah yeah you know what i mean oh, yeah. what was the name of that woman that just got accused of uh being like the reverse me too oh so that's a thing don't be a reverse me too what is reverse me too? Oh man, we'll talk about it offline. Okay. Reverse me too is where the woman is the sexual aggressor towards the man. Oh, and like, okay. Because it can happen. It like. absolutely can happen for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. All right. So next mistake is um, wrinkled and messy, poor quality fit. We already talked about poor quality fit, but you know, take the time to have a nice quality shirt. I mean, it's just the, you know. One that's going to look nice when you're wearing it and iron it or steam it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of steamers. They're worth the investment. They save your fabric much better than using an iron. So invest in a nice quality steamer. It, it's much easier than ironing for guys who don't like to iron or think they don't know how to iron. Everybody can use a steamer. Just, you know, he can put use a little a steam on your clothes. Get those wrinkles out. I can and I do. We have a steamer. We love it. But Jesse brought up a very interesting point. Um, so, you know, I like a crisp collar. Yes. I like a ridiculously crisp collar. But if you overstarch the rest of the shirt, yes. it starts to, like, fold and crinkle sooner. Yes. So how do you, do you just, is there, what would you, how do we do that? How do we handle the collar starch? Well, it's hard to do unless you have a custom shirt made. Because in a custom shirt, I can do an extra stiff collar where we put extra stiffness inside the collar we just build up the collar with some extra stiff fabric inside the collar so that that collar stays up nice you can have that also done on your cuffs if you like your cuffs extra mm-hmm. stiff um yeah that's right yeah my, then my you, shirt then had you like don't an have insert. to starch yeah mm-hmm. and all of the collars all of our collars come with the little um brass collar stays which keep your ends from curling up don't forget also, to take them out yes because otherwise you end up with rust on the uh no the brass, my brass ones won't rust. Really? No, you can wash them. I would, don't recommend it. You shouldn't. They could get lost down in wherever things go when they get lost in your wash. <laughs> <laughs> With All the your, single socks. Yes, yes, but they, but it won't rust. It won't rust. And it won't break and crumble up like those plastic ones either. Interesting. But, but you should take them out. Yeah. See, I never knew about steamers. I feel like that's like a new big thing. Like, you know, certain people have them, but now it's like yeah. more mainstream. You can get them. And it's so yeah. much easier. It than is so iron. much easier and so much better on your clothing. Yeah. And you really shouldn't be dry cleaning. This is something that a lot of people don't know. Don't dry clean your shirts unless they are a dry clean only shirt. Those chemicals are bad for them. And if you have a nice quality suit, you should not have to have that dry clean more than once a year. So you may spend more on a good quality suit, but you're going to save a ton of money in dry cleaning because you really, if it's good quality, it's not going to hold stains. It's not going to absorb body odors. You really don't need to dry clean it. And if you have a steamer you don't, and it gets all wrinkly, you don't have to have it dry clean. Those chemicals are harsh on your fabrics. Just steam it out. So how do you care for a nice suit? Um, hang it up. Hang it inside the dust cloth cat that it comes with. I would have given you a bag that came with it. Mm-hmm. So hang it in, in your closet inside that that bag so that dust doesn't settle on your shoulders. And, you know, um, 
take off your jacket when you're driving. This is a big one mm-hmm. that a lot of guys don't know and do because it's really hard on your seams when you're oh, yeah. sitting on it and pulling and you're driving. So there's no reason to keep your jacket on. Take your jacket off and just hang it in a hanger in the back seat or hang it on the back of your seat when you're driving. Um, I blame James Bond for that, by the way, because every car chase he gets in, he's always in his suit or his tux. Well, he just doesn't have time to take it off when somebody's Mm. shooting at you, you know. That's true. So unless somebody's shooting at you, you know, take the time to... I feel like it would impede your driving because, like, just, like, doing, like, the, you know, I'm a big fan of the bus driver turn. Yes. So, like, you know, just. You need need to get one of those little balls put on your steering wheel. Don't send me. I totally will. That's called the whip? Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the name. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, seriously, just steam, usually steaming out your, your jackets when they need it. Just take care of your stuff. Don't, you know, drop them in the floor. Don't. You know, just hang them back up and hang them up. And then unless they have a stain a stain on them or they're smelling really bad, don't dry clean them unless you have to. I gave Blake the evil eye about hanging up his clothes, and now he's returning it back. The next time you <laughs> complain to me about your life insurance premium and the cigar shop, I want you to remember yesterday <laughs> with my parents and now with Deidre. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next mistake is... Shoes, And this is true for the ladies, too. And the guys, you can spend a lot of money buying a really nice outfit. But if you top it off with some really bad-looking, worn-out shoes, um, yeah, it kind of ruins the whole outfit. So, you know, polish your shoes and buy the best pair of shoes that you can afford Mm. because they will last you for years and years and years. You buy cheap shoes, you're going to replace them in a few months you buy good shoes they're going to last you 20 30 years and you can get them resold you know you will pay for they'll pay for themselves over and over again so buy the best shoes you can can afford to do you heard it here and first keep, and keep them polished buy expensive shoes <laughs> Spoilers, get those red bottoms <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> you don't want to be like lieutenant tuvok calling people out remember that episode your shoes and then they're scuffed. Make sure that you clean them before you report to do. I do remember that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's one of my favorite episodes. Press your shirts and polish your shoes. That whole and HR, that whole episode was like an HR and fashion, like minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next one I would say is wrong tie length. You know, you've seen them where the tie is way up here above the belly button or hanging way down low. Where is the correct tie length? The tie length should hit about the middle of your belt buckle. If it's a square bottom, just just above the top of your belt buckle. But the peak ones with the little V, about the middle of your belt buckle. If you have to retie it six, seven, eight times, do it till you get it right. And then when you take it off, just loosen it up and slide it off and hang it up that way so that you can slide it back in that same length. And not too time. long either. You don't want it to yeah. point to the no. danger zone. No. <laughs> I um I did a lot like I was a mock trial competitor when I was in law school. Yeah. And I did really well at a competition one time, but then you have to sit there like for the firing squad. They give you their feedback like, oh, yeah. we thought you did this well. We thought you did terrible. And lawyers love to hear themselves talk. So you have to <laughs> sit through like 20 minutes. Really? <laughs> and and one of them, like, I had a tie. I had this, like, nice Hermes tie that was a gift from a judge. And he kept telling me that I guess the tie was, like, taking him to a place he didn't want to go. You know? <laughs> and then I guess on top of that, I kept touching my belt buckle and I would make a point, you know? And he's like, you know, between the tie and the touching, like, what are you doing to me, man? But I also prefer a long tie. My wife does not. No. But... Stick with us after the break. We'll take you where you don't want to go. (laughs) (laughs) Or where you do. Maybe you do. center of your family the heart that makes you whole a simple yet important place where your dreams begin and your love flourishes home is not just a place 
It is a feeling you get knowing you are welcome. The difference between a house and a home is who you can rely on to keep you safe, giving you a lifetime roofing solution so you never have to worry down the road. You can have the permanent difference, the Hippo Roof Difference. Well, there's the X. I guess I'll sign right here. Stop! Did you even read it? No, I usually don't. How many pages is that? Like 20. You could be giving away your firstborn son in that contract. That's a pretty good point. I don't want to do that. Or that's a lease, right? You could be giving your landlord rights to have their uncle, Fat Uncle Joe come and use your coffee maker whenever they want. Uncle Joe's fine, but not Fat Uncle Joe. Yeah, not that one. Well, this is a lot of legal information. I don't really know it. Who would, who could I go for this? Well, that's exactly why we have Blake Stewart at Stewart Law. He specializes in business contracts and construction law, and he has negotiated low prices for contract reviews just for cases like this. Check him out on Facebook, Stewart Law CS. Or on the web at stewartlawcs.com. Or give me a call at 321-541-6845. A lot of people want to know what the paper clinic is. And honestly, the paper clinic is a lot of things. It's a collaborative space where you can come and bounce ideas off other professionals. You can get advice from professionals in the field. You can get legal advice, insurance advice, and you can be the expert. You can advise people as to things that you know about. But the paper clinic's a lot more than that. When the paper clinic works together, it becomes a one-stop shop for anybody who wants to start a business. You can walk right in one door of the paper clinic, and you can get your business formed. You can get your business insured. You can get a tax plan. You can get marketing, and you can walk right out the other side of the paper clinic with a turnkey business. The paper clinic, big firm resources for the small business. Check us out on the web, thepaperclinic.com, or on Facebook at The Paper Clinic. Such, such good bumper music from the producer. Bump, bump. I know. What is that? What song is that? Don't get us kicked. Don't get us kicked off Facebook Live. It's all royalty free. Royalty. No way. Everything you've played today was royalty free. Yeah. I I want a list immediately. <laughs> I, I, I have a whole folder. We're back. Yes. On the memo, and our last segment. Our awesome Space Coast podcast asked us, penny loafer or tie-up? You want to clarify that for us, Deetra? And it depends on the penny loafer and the tie-up that you're talking about. So I'm going to assume that we're talking about for dress shoes. A penny loafer is more typically with a little more casual um, outfit than you're going to wear with a tie-up dress shoe. Obviously, there are sneakers that are tight, and we're not talking about, about that, but... Typically, a penny loafer is a little um, less formal than a tie-up dress shoe, but you could wear either, and a, and a lot of it also is going to depend on the suit that you're wearing. If you're, if you're talking about with a suit, on how formal the suit is, you would not want to wear a penny loafer with your tuxedo. Obviously, you're going to want a dressier tie-up shoe. Speaking of shoes, that brings us to our next uh-uh. mistake Uh-oh. of matching your shoes to your belts. To your belts. Yes, don't wear a brown belt <laughs> and black shoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wearing a black belt, wear black shoes for the general, for the most part. Now, there are some casual suede loafers you don't have to wear match with your suede, you know, belt. So, if you're if you're going with a more casual look, but for the most part, if you're dressed up, um, typically you want to match up your belt and your shoes. It doesn't have to be exact, but... Um, so I have a trick question for you, though. Yeah. So, like, black leather versus black patent leather. Like, can you... Yes, mm. you don't have to have patent. Well, like, belt. what if you have a patent leather belt and then you just have regular black, like, shoes? That would be okay, but 
I, I don't think many people are wearing patent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Belts. I At least men. Shoes. I'm thinking about men. No, belts. Patent yeah. belt. Ladies okay. would, but men probably would not. But yeah, it's still fine. You're you're black and black. I wouldn't worry about the 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 material. The stress of it. Yeah. And obviously you're wearing a black belt. You can rock some red shoes. You know, That's but true. typically we're talking about most guys don't aren't gonna wear some red shoes. So. I would look like Ronald McDonald. <laughs> but typically size thirteen dress, flat front, yeah. Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> Blake actually has a in Hawaii, we picked up these special shoes that he wears without socks. And, like, I, I guess it's, like, a new sporty-looking dress shoe where, like, the sole kind of comes up the back and it, like, makes it look yeah. a little bit edgier. I don't know. I just think that's so handsome on men. Yes. So, I'm glad he yeah. got it. And that is a trend right now is the no socks. We talked about that a little bit over the break. Yeah. We talked about no socks trending. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You know what else I've been noticing? What? I've been seeing no socks, no belt. Yes. No socks are okay. It depends on what you're wearing with the no belt. But the general rule of thumb is if those pants have a belt loop and it's not jeans, put a belt on. Unless you have your shirt untucked. But if you're tucking your shirt in and you have belt loops, wear a belt. It's (laughs) not that hard. It's not that much effort to put a belt on. Finishes the look. How about suspenders with your shoes? Um, If your pants are pants that are made to wear suspenders with, absolutely. But you're probably not going to wear suspenders with a pelt with pants that have a belt loop. If you're a suspender kind of guy, we'll put a special band on your pants that does not have belt loops, so you don't look like you're just wearing pants without wearing a belt. I love the suspender look, though. Yeah, suspenders are fun. They I've are worn fun. suspenders a time or two. Yeah, you yeah. gotta pop them. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. It's like they're fun. When, it makes you like when you're thinking. You're yeah. Like, well, and I'm, and I'm talking, and I'm thinking dress pants, you know, obviously, so. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So. Just jeans, jeans are a different, ass. yeah, jeans are a different look. Yeah. Yeah. More casual pants. <laughs> yeah. I you hate suspenders so much. Do you? I do. Why? And, and they, and uh, the Ideal Impact guys, they have this, like, uh, actor and client that rolls in here all the time, and he's, like, incredibly handsome. It's like, supermodel, male model handsome. Rolls in with, like, suspenders, and every time Desiree's like, how come you don't wear suspenders? It's like, well, first of all, I don't look like that. Here's your your answer, because I have custom-fitted pants and don't need suspenders. Exactly. So, but, now him and his wife, they're such a beautiful couple. I've seen, we're friends with them on Facebook. Oh. But, but anyways. Well, I hope they're not watching them. That could be awkward. Maybe. (laughs) Adam, you gotta come on my show. (laughs) What else you got? Oh, last one. And this is a big one that uh, some some guys don't know is in a jacket, wearing a jacket. Don't button that bottom button on your jacket. Everybody's got to know not to do that. Mm, I don't know. Peyton Manning was on TV not long ago with both buttons buttoned, so, you know. That was probably holding his neck together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You better, like, apologize. Tom Brady was my college quarterback, so... (sighs) Well, I'm um, from Tennessee, so I'm a big painter. Uh, we actually do have a lot of professional athletes who do wear our Jay Hilburn, a lot of actors who wear our Jay Hilburn. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are mm-hmm. there dressed head to toe in Jay Joe Hill. Buck? Yeah. He always have, looks good. Yeah. He's wearing Joe, Jay Hilburn. He's got I, a I lot have, of those blue suits that are uh, Can everybody see that right now? Mm-hmm. I see Joe Buck. Where, that actually looks like Joe Buck 25 years ago. <laughs> Doesn't it? So for those when of he had you, a little more hair. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you listening in to Buzz Bad or other streaming mechanisms, if you look at us on Facebook, you'll see the video that we're streaming. And there's a very handsome man, very rugged looking with some suits and stuff. But make sure you check that out if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, and for the guys, one little tip I will add that's kind of new, not a mistake, but a tip. The guys that don't like to wear ties, just elevate your look a little bit by throwing a little pocket square in there. It's just... No tie and a pocket square, you say? No tie, but throw in a pocket square. Elevate your look several notches. Just a simple little pocket square. I had never thought about that. Yep. Yep. Dresses it up just just enough. So, like, I'm a second button. We call that second button optional in the yes. corporate world. I'm a second button optional guy. Desiree tries to fix it all the time. She fixed it before we went on the air. I fixed it back. Oh, um, gosh. How do you keep your... So, would you go crisp collar... 
Second button optional and then pocket square. I could do that. Yes. I know judges, I think I could get away with that, but I have to be careful. Like not. Yeah, you have to be careful. Some of them require a tie in, I was in, in court. I was in Daytona Beach not wearing a tie. I was wearing like a pink button-down black suit many, yeah. many moons ago. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, I was used to practicing in Miami, which is, you know, nobody yeah. wears ties in Miami. Yeah. And he said, uh, and I liked this judge. I'd been in front of him a couple of times up in Volusia, yeah. and he goes, Mr. Stewart, what happened to your tie? And I was like, what do you mean, Your Honor? Uh, I don't wear a tie. I usually practice in Miami. This isn't Miami. And I had to borrow a tie from another another attorney, had a spare tie in his bag, and I literally had to charge you for it? No, we didn't, but we all we all got a chuckle out of it. You never know when you're gonna spill a little soup on your tie. It's yeah. true. It's so true. Back to the pocket squares. So some of the jackets come with the pocket square pockets stitched. Do you unstitch it? Like, do you just not buy one that doesn't have a little the, pocket? You know, board? any, any, yeah. It's most of them are going to come with the pockets, all the pockets, very loosely stitched. If you just give it a little tug, all the stitching will come out. You know, I have some guys, because some guys want that flat look, and they want their pockets to stay very flat. Mm -hmm. So keeping them stitched keeps them very flat. Mm -hmm. Any of the stitching you can see, like the little, you know, if your flaps are stitched shut, you need to pull those stitches out, or any stitches on the shoulders, you need to pull those out. But your pockets, if you want to keep them laying nice and flat, leave that stitching in there. But if you want to throw in a pocket square, just the stitching will come right out very easily. No special tools required. It should just come right out. Same for your flat pockets. Most of the jackets, if you have a flap, if you take that stitching out, you can tuck that flap in, and it gives you a nice little clean, besome look, which can, you know, dress up your jacket just a little bit more. So, yeah. but I promise to be better dressed the next time you see me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm in a T-shirt today, too, so. (laughs) I promise to be better dressed the next time you see me, too. So, growing up, Blake... Hates to think about this, but I had the biggest crush on Stephen Colbert, where he is kind of what I learned, like all the etiquette for men, because he's just like a finely put together individual, but he's very rugged when he's off the air. But is he? Yeah, he, like his um riding in cars with the comedians getting coffee. He's like I think full beard in that episode. Uh, you know, I've never seen. I haven't seen that one. How have you seen it? And I haven't. Well, because I love Stephen Colbert. Where was I? I don't know. You're probably watching some car thing in the living room. Anyway, continue. <laughs> probably true. But it's very interesting watching him kind of, you know, go. Because you'll see him get up from his chair, walk away, and then sit into another chair with another guest and stuff. And, like, there seems to be, like, a whole jacket protocol of, like, unbuttoning and when yes. to button. So, like, so what is it? When you're standing up, you keep it buttoned? When and you're standing, sitting? standing up, button the top button. Okay. If it's a two button, only the top button. If it's a three button, the mid- only the top two buttons, but still always that top button. So, uh, but when you sit down, unbutton. I, I will tell you this. In law school, they teach the men to do that. Like, they actually have, like, a side class on, like, as you stand up, and I can do it with, like, one hand. So it's just, and then nice. when I sit back down, it's unbuttoned and then back up. So anytime you're addressing the court, you're buttoning on your way up. And then when you're finished, you're, you know, you got to be able to sit down. You don't want to sit down with a, because that, that'll, that'll pull on the material when right. you sit down. So. Right. But, I don't know, I think it's very interesting watching, you know, the talk show hosts, like kind of how they operate with Colbert's a master of that. Yeah. Colbert's yes. a master of the he one is. button. Yeah, he's really good at that. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Nope, that oh. was it, yeah. But I think you had a story about uh, where your attire played a role in your <laughs> workplace. Um, I had a really, really good corporate job for a long time. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, but one of the challenges for me was fitting in with corporate culture. It was a very conservative culture, and everybody was very – there was almost a uniform – like there was a dress code, and it was so conservative, no casual Fridays if you can believe mm-hmm. that, at a place, you know. But everybody looked relatively the same. And, I, you know, I was 27. I think the next youngest person in the group was, like, at the time, like, 37, 38. Mm-hmm. And so there's, first of all, now that I'm 35, I can tell you there's a big difference between 35 and 25. And yeah. There's a big difference. For me, there was a big difference between 35 and 31. 
Yeah. Um, Definitely a big difference between (laughs) 35 and 31. (laughs) But I know that I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the connections, which I do now. I'm very thankful for. But, you know, when I would be trying to meet this button-down slacks dress code, I was all over the place. You know, I was wearing plaid. I was wearing plaid with cuffed pants. It looked like Doug Funny having a bad day, probably frequently. But (laughs) it made it very difficult for me because people would actively pick on me about the way I was dressed. Like, it came up during performance reviews. So if you think that the way that you dress doesn't affect the... The number one thing I learned from that job was it doesn't really matter how you perform. Perception is reality. I used to hear that all the time. Right. And what is the first perception that everyone has when they see you? Before you even open your mouth. Yes. It's how you're dressed. First impressions. Yes. Kind of a, I'm going to piggyback off of that, but take it a whole different way. There are 2,900 homeless children in the Brevard County school system. And one of the big pushes and what the paper clinic is actually pushing for um, our clients and our partners to help out with is to bring in hygiene products for these kids who are homeless. Because think about it. If you don't have a home, you don't have a shower, you're probably not applying deodorant, probably not bathing daily or brushing your teeth daily. So, you know, if anybody who is stopping by in the VR area and... Um, you want to help out, definitely drop those off here because perception is everything. So whether you're a professional no, in the workplace, whether you're a kid trying to learn, right? you know, I think it's just tragic to think that many kids could not have the basic necessities of Socks. taking a shower each day. Yeah, socks, Deodorant. washing your clothes. You know, there are some schools who are putting laundry mats in their schools so people can wash yes, their clothes. Yes, I read that. Is that in Brevard? I think I think there may be one, or maybe I, I heard it from an outside source, but I mean, I just think that's that's crazy to think about. Like, I think I like had a couple of of uh, my friends have to stay with me for a week or so because they were in fights with their parents, but never to be like outright homeless. That's right. insane to me. Yes. So you're collecting, is it primarily hygiene items or? Yeah, hygiene items. So um, new pairs of underwear and socks, um, soap deodorant shampoo i mean obviously if you think about girls in middle school and um high school um feminine hygiene products right those things are expensive yes so i know he cringes at me he's like really you gotta buy these yeah and i gotta get the good stuff but you know like that's not an option if you're you know right counting pennies to you know get those things so um and And if you had nothing what would you do if you were a young girl and i don't brushes you know hairspray so but i mean i got a 17 year old brother i couldn't how preppy that man is that boy is he's a boy Boy. Boy. for the next two months Mm -hmm. of being a man Mm -hmm. yeah it's like if if he didn't have those basic necessities he wouldn't go to school so the fact that these kids are still going to school we want to encourage that and reward them for doing that yeah that's great great program but I don't know. Who's running that program? Is that part of the Children's Hunger Project? It's Brevard Public Schools. It, they have like um, a pantry for the teachers to mm-hmm. come in. And then I think that the students will have the opportunity to kind of go through. There was one individual, and I forgot her name, but she actually, I think, partnered up with a couple of stores around here that got feminine hygiene products for the girls. But as we know, that stuff goes. It's not like you buy it once and you never need right. to buy it again. So right. everything needs to be replenishable. Right. So, um, and, and, and that's like the real, the real thing about hygiene. It's not like, you know, a, a phone. You buy one and it right. lasts you for so long. It's like, right. you know, you use them, you abuse them, like they get dirty, yeah. you have to wash them. To be re- those kind of things need to be replaced so. basically monthly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, or, you know, hairspray even, but yeah. I remember my mom, first day of middle school, so my mom was an 80s child, or no, she's a 70s child, but she, like, had her roaring 20s in the 80s and all that fun stuff, Yeah. but she teased my bangs the first day of middle school, (laughs) and I was so, that was, like, the end of my world. I was so (laughs) angry. Mom, 
You're just like the next wall over right now, but I'm still angry at you for that. <laughs> I'm sure it looked great. I still like teased bangs because I'm an 80s child yeah. or she's a 90s child. <laughs> I like teased bangs. I was late for the school because I watched mm-hmm. them. So, now, like, so I appreciate bad for the hair, though. So bad. Very so bad. bad. And the environment. Yeah. All that CO2 release from those cans. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's that true. That's true. Didn't they have to, like, change the yes. chemical? Yeah. yeah. The eighties, you're to blame for global warming. <laughs> so. Think about how much hair spray. Yeah, not just the girls. Fluorocarbons, CFCs. Yep, right. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> Shh. It smells yes. like Aquanet in here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. But just but think about that. Like you know, I went to middle school in the two thousands. Yeah, two thousands, and my mom was still teasing my hair. And that was like the end of my world. So imagine if I wasn't able to apply deodorant and brush my teeth before my first day of school. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, anything else about so fashion? So drop those off costs? here. Can they drop those at schools also? They can't. They you can drop off. You can um, drop them off here. I think some schools have drop off locations, or you could go to Brevard Public Schools um, office, which is right up the street from us. Yeah. If you don't know where those are. Google Google it. <laughs> so yeah. it's not that hard. But um, you know, the Rotary Club of Vieira and a couple of other of our partnered clubs are doing the drives too. So we're really happy to partner up with them and to be kind of helping our little brothers and sisters here in Brevard County. Yep, and getting the word out there. Good thing. No Aquanet though. No Aquanet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Teacher, for joining us. It was us. my pleasure. So, Thank you for asking me. It was a lot of fun. You guys are a, always fun to hang with. We had a good time. Yeah. Um, can I get one quick plug-in? Um, November 10th, 2018, Rocket City Retro. The only thing that I love, I love my fashion with my uh, interior design. I do. I love interior design. I love fashion. They're the coolest. They're reopening after horrific hurricane damage. Big party. Um, it's going to be a big retro party. And any of you guys, that, like, they're my main furniture supplier. I have different furniture from everyone else in the paper clinic. Of course, if you become a member of the paper clinic, we supply furniture. Mine is different because I prefer, like, I prefer custom suits. I prefer custom furniture. <laughs> Rocket City Retro is my exclusive furniture supplier. I can't wait to get Rocket more from City. them. And I'm super stoked about their grand opening. So they're in Cocoa. They're they're in uh, they're right next to Cocoa Village, and I'm going to post the address on here. But keep an eye out for more. And we're super excited about their grand opening. See you tomorrow at work on Tuesday. And thank you, Dietro, with Jay Hilburn. See you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks a lot for watching. That was fun.